0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Finding My Voice. I am still very unprofessional and I really don't know what I'm doing, but I am coming to realize that this is not uncommon for the podcast world, so I'm just gonna keep winging it because that's fun. Um, thank you, by the way, for the great feedback I've gotten. I got some great advice, you know who you are, and... Um, uh, a question, actually. I like that. I like to answer questions. One of the advice given to me was to find a structure, and um, they suggested a structure, which I will attempt here. Um, I'm going talk to talk talk about my journey as a trans person, um, because finding my voice is not just about the vocals of my voice, even though that is the main part of it for the purpose of a podcast, since I'm sitting here recording my voice. Um, but of course, finding my voice is about my expression and finding myself. So there's more to it than that, uh, and I do want to talk about role playing or my creativity or other nerdery. Um, and I and I do want to finish with a sonnet because I really enjoy sonnets, or well, something else creative, I suppose. Uh, so I'm trying that structure right now. And the question I got, or the request rather, uh, was uh, one of the people listening asked that I explained what a dead name is, because I mentioned a dead name in the previous episode. Um, It's the simple thing, like the simple way to explain dead name is, it's the name I was known um, by, known as, sorry. uh, It's the name I went by before coming out. The name I was given um, by my parents before they knew who I was, and unfortunately it would take many decades before they found out. Sorry, um, not your fault, not my fault. It's society's fault, uh, but yes. Um, so it's the name I used to have, but it's not as simple as hey, don't use my old name. It's not cool, man. You know, it's not. It's not like that. A dead name is worse than that. A dead name is um, connected to a lot of suffering. It's no fault of the person, people who gave me the name, obviously. But I shut myself in, walled myself off from having any sort of happy life and suffered a lot and it's all connected to the fake identity i built up to protect myself and now that i'm free of that identity um the old name does nothing but hurt it causes pain and um and more importantly like yeah it does it does hurt me because it reminds me of all the pain of the identity that I'm trying to shun and, and, you know, be rid of. But it also tells me that people who use my dead name referring to me don't see me. Uh, Now, of course, I'm not talking about honest mistakes because people who are used to using my old name will do that by automatic, you know. It's automatic by now. And there's some deprogramming that has to be done. But I humbly request that you do your best. If you do not improve, then it Feels like you don't want to and I, I guess people don't quite understand the severity to me it's obvious but I suppose it isn't to everyone so I just want to explain that if you would rather use my dead name than the name I've told you is mine it says to me that you don't care who I am it says to me you don't see me when you look at me You see the person you'd rather be talking to, the imaginary version of me that you thought I was. And you're sorry that that person's gone, and you'd rather have him than me. Well, if you feel that way, just don't be in my life, please. Just keep talking to your imaginary friend. That's not me. And it sounds harsh, but yeah, if if you cannot support who I am, and you're against my very being, I really don't see why you'd even want to be part of my life. So that that's a dead name. Um, I could go on, but I won't because this episode's already going to be quite long. Because I do want to say a few things that I think are amazing. Um, so this episode's going to be longer than I thought, but it's, it's just stick by me because I think I think you're going to enjoy it. So that's a dead name. So how did I get, how did I pick the name Katerina? Well, easy answer is I didn't. Um, I've known I'm um, trans all my life, even before I knew what trans meant. I knew I belonged with the girls as far back as I even have memory. Uh, the earliest clear memories <clears throat> where I can remember my, sorry about that, <clears throat> where I can remember my surroundings and things like that was uh, in the ho- in the home of the friend of my big sister because I went with them sometimes. Uh, she she um, has a friend, uh, a childhood friend named Jessica, and uh, she was living in the country. and We played in their barn and things like that. And sometimes we played house and that kind of thing. I remember this was the first and last time I remember being kind of open because trying things out. Because I requested that I would play a girl when we played house, so it wasn't me, it was playing, so it felt kind of safe. Because I remember distinctly, even then, feeling that this is forbidden. I remember when I they let me do it, they had no problem with it, but I still felt this is dangerous, so I, I felt. Held back, even though they weren't holding me back. But the name I went for then was Maria, because that was just the easiest girl name I knew when I was five. For some reason, I don't know. Um, that name never struck. It, I never connected with that name. That was just playing a little game, and I wasn't even good at playing it because I was actually terrified while I was doing it. Um, but for some reason, the name Jessica, the name of my sister's friend, was the name I, in my head, tried out for myself, and I liked it. It kind of felt right. And even though I've never called myself that, I had kind of a connection to it. So many, many years later, as I started coming out to, um, well, there was only one person at that time, uh, the person who kind of figured it out on her own with me. Um, and when I started like, okay, I'm actually going to communicate with people, ask myself, I do need a name. And I thought about using Jessica, because there are things about it that really ring a bell with me. But there's also something in the back of my head that stopped me from doing so. And that's the fact that it felt stolen. I took someone else's name. I know that's not how it works. I know it's not like if I take the name Jessica, another Jessica in the world will lose her name. No, 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 no. But... Because of who I am If I pick my name I will forever second guess myself And that's just No, that's dumb uh, I'm not saying people are dumb for picking their names Obviously This is my quirky personality I will never stop second guessing myself If I pick my own name So what it was The friend I was out to at the time um, She had quite a big social following online And she suggested Why, don't I, why, don't she, why wouldn't she um, just crowdsource it just talk of this anonymous person. She needs a name and she described me and asked around and she got many answers and discussions about names And she came back to me and like, all right, the internet has spoken. Uh, your name should be Katarina. And that stuck. I liked it. It felt good. It feels good. It felt good then and it does now. So that's why I am Katarina. Yay. And uh, so that's how I got my actual name. Um... But in Sweden, we have things like middle names and second names and other names, uh, that kind of thing. And, uh, that into uh, my role-playing story of this episode. Um, because it's also very connected to my journey as a trans person. I need a tripod for this mic because my hand is falling asleep and this is going to be a much longer episode than this. I hope yours going to stick with me because this is a great story. Um... I moved to Gothenburg in 2017 for work, and I left behind me the role-playing groups I was in at the time. We still play now and then, but not as often, because I live far away. Um, So I was starved for role-playing. I joined a Facebook group called Role Players in Gothenburg, and just to find groups. I found a few, and I still play with a few of them. Um, They're all awesome, Um, uh, but there's one in particular one I want to talk about right now. Uh, I saw a post of a group that had just lost a player and needed a replacement. The game was Vestmark. I had never heard of it. It's a indie game, it only exists in Swedish, uh, medieval type, um, ver- light fantasy, like it's like alternate history. So it's it's our world with an with a fictional island uh, a, with a few kingdoms, and there are supernatural elements, but it's very naturalistic in kind. Um, but I thought that sounds fun. Sounds fun. Um, I'm going to join, and the game master sent me. I'm going to use. I'm not going to say anyone's names because I haven't asked asked them. So I'll just use titles and character names. Um, so he sent me a character sheet, um, uh, because there were. I was taking over someone else's character, and even even uh, if it hadn't been for that, uh, this adventure had uh, this campaign uh, has um, pre written characters, which. Suits me fine. As an actor, that's actually great for me to to get some character ha- backstory and and relationship story with the other characters. Uh, and he also added to the backstory what the previous player of this character had done and how the relationship had grown, which is also great for me as an actor. Um, this is wonderful. I really think pre-written characters are underestimated in the World Role Playing game, but but that's um, that's a different story. Uh, back to Vestimike. Uh We were all children. Uh, in this story. Uh, I was the youngest one. The character I was given is named Alfhild, a young shepherdess of 13 years old. Uh, We also have uh, Eli, um, a young daughter of a witch. I think she's 15, 14 maybe. Uh, We have Eskit, who's 16. and we have Venya, who is sixteen. Who was sixteen is now seventeen. She corrected me last time we spoke about it. It's important. It's important. There's a big difference between sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. And so, um, so the the previous player, the the player, they've played a couple of sessions already. So I had some reading up to do. So what the story is: uh, these four girls are friends in a very small village. Um, they are outcasts for different reasons. My character uh, is the product of adultery. Um. Venya, the oldest one, um, is the uh, daughter of the mayor, which means people are afraid of hanging out with her for different reasons. So she's not; she doesn't have many friends. Eli, well, he's the daughter of a witch, and this is a Christian nation, so that's a big no-no. And Eskit is freakishly tall and strong, which people didn't like. So we were all outcasts and found solace in each other. Uh, Eli, um, having some pagan... Um, pagan uh, traditions, uh, carved runes for us in wood, just as a fun thing, seeing if she could do some little, little light witchcraft to, to make boys notice us more. Uh, we're not sure if that worked, because at the same time, the fey folk were attacking the village in, well, in hidden ways. Uh, people were getting sick and tired, and eventually um, we were the only survivors. Uh, we don't know at this point why this is happening, but we did see hooded figures studying and they were confused about why we weren't affected, and apparently it was because the rooms that Eli had made for us shielded us from the magical effects that were going on. So we were hunted, we were chased from our home, Um, and uh, uh, towards the last session where uh, the, my, the previous player played the character I was to inherit, uh they reach a a uh, cottage where uh that that Alfhild, my character had access to being a shepherdess and they spent the night there um and this night was Alfhild's first period now in this world there are fey folk as i've explained but most are human um it's very christian like culture because it's like alternate history um and There's a kind of person you can be in this game called half-folk. The game mechanic says if one of your parents is fae, you're a half-folk. Now, this isn't widely known. This is just how the game works. Uh, What happens if you're a half-folk? There's a possibility that when you hit puberty, you develop animal features, most often ears and a tail. Um, This just means you have fae ancestry. Fae don't necessarily have this, but if you're part human, part fae, this happens to you in puberty. Uh, people don't know or understand this, they just assume that half folk are punished by God for being wicked. Um, so, Alfhild, um, this night in the cottage, in the first period, uh, grew a wolf tail and developed wolf's ears, which terrified her. Uh, you know, for many reasons, the loss of humanity, being even more of an outcast, um, and, and wondering what she done wrong, why is she being punished by God, why what has she done that is so wicked, and all of this, uh, she hid from her friends. She, she, she put her, she hid her ears under a cloth, a bonnet, I'm not sure exactly what's it's called in English, I'm gonna call it a bonnet. Um, and, you know, tucked her tail in under her dress, um, and later they got to a castle uh, Where they uh, found sanctuary, the lord of the castle sent his men to investigate the village uh, Didn't find any traces of what happened, but yes, of course the the villagers were all dead um, Politically this was a mistake though because um, the king was sick and had no heirs So when a lord moves his men all of a sudden that that causes a stir and um, now, about here is where that player stopped playing Alfeld, and I came back in, and I read all the backstory, and, and was allowed in on the story. Um, and on the following session is where I joined. Uh, Venja's player, the oldest character, could not attend, uh, so the Game Master quickly solved this by having uh, her join the Lord's wife. Um, at a meeting where she was to explain why the Lord sent his men in this worried time and, and worried all the neighbors pretty much So she she came along as a witness so that we could play even though she was absent and he would solo play what she did um, uh, On a later time, you know, so we could reunite later. So yes, I show up and it was a great place. Uh, the people were great um, We were playing in a little loft very cozy a nice table lit candles uh, snacks were laid out, we said hi, and it was easy to play with them. We, ex- we, like, even though this was the first time we met, our characters had history, and everyone were good role players. so we kind of, it was easy to, you know, we've known each other all our lives, you know, in character, and we just picked up from there. Um, and we lived out some daily life in the castle, because at this time, the girls were safe. Uh, let's get the big, strong character... Uh, has a character flaw in her character sheet that's called clumsy which means she has a penalty on rolls um, that requires finesse or dexterity but it also means that every now and then she'll have to roll for dexterity in order to not do something clumsy and mess something up for somebody and this happened and well we played Uh, and she failed her roll when we were in a bedroom Um, and um, she tripped over me and pulled off my bonnet. So Eli and Neskit saw my wolf ears. And the way I play role-playing games, um, I, I use what I've learned uh, in acting, and I've improved a lot since I did... Um, yeah, well, everyone improves a lot when they're doing what they like, so obviously. Yes, but the way I act is the way I role-play. I try and disappear into the character as much as I can and I don't pretend to feel things. I feel them. I I, I I try to fool myself into thinking this is reality. And so I tend to... My character gets to have spontaneous moments that just take me over. And what happened when when they saw my ears is I just froze up and just burst out crying. For real. Real tears. And it was so wonderful because the others just they just... She just gathered around me to ensure me, no, 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 it's fine. And, and Eskid was sad because she, she felt that she had caused it by tripping over me. But of course, the trip is the tripping was not what I was sad about. I was afraid that my friends would not accept me for, for being this weird thing. But they ensured me that they did. And we had just a wonderful, wonderful coming out scene. And don't think it had passed me by how Olive Hill's situation was similar to my own at the time. I was out to very few people. Uh, being trans, like remember, I was not out to these people. They knew me as my dead name there. Um, but alvild was hiding something from her friends. Hiding who she truly was, just like I was. And Alvid's puberty had just started. So this journey just started for her. And this was right about the time when I had applied for my uh, dysphoria uh, investigation, so Alfhild was in the same stage of life as I was, which was amazing, and now she was coming out to her friends, and I i got to experience coming out on this kind of scale before actually doing it, and that was just incredible. Um, So we had this, this was a fantastic first session, and I knew I gotta keep playing with these people, this was just so wonderful, Um, and yes, I did, in the next session, uh, Venya's player showed up. This was the first time I met her, but once again, seeing as according to the character sheets we have known each other for a very long time, and we just the first thing that happens we just embrace and just see each other, uh, meet again for the first time. As I wrote in a sonnet or once, <laughs> we meet again for the first time. It was just beautiful, and she told us what she had been doing and what she had seen on her journey. Uh, on her solo play, uh, the, to fill in the gap when she, uh, from the session when she couldn't attend, she had met a knight with a squire who was half a folk, a woman, a young woman, who had a fox tail and fox ears, and she thought she was wonderful, Tuva was her name, um, and Venya thought Tuva was just a wonderful and brave and interesting and great person and she was just completely uh, head over heels amazed by her. And Eli and Eskit were just, you know, they were so enthusiastic about that and kept asking questions like, do do you really think she was a good person even though she had a tail? And Venya was a little perplexed, like, of course she was, what are you talking about? But of course, Eli and Eskid were just trying to coax me into, see? See? She's fine with it, you can tell her! <laughs> it was so cute. Um, and I did. I removed my bonnet and let her see, and we had almost the same scene again. Uh, I burst out into tears again, and she hugged me. Remember, this is the first time I met Venya's player, but in the game, we were close friends for as long as we could remember, and she's like a sister to me, and that really came through, and she just embraced me, and I cried all over her, and it wasn't, like, pretty Hollywood crying either, So I had to apologize afterwards, because I covered her in snot, that was the level of crying, and it was just incredible, I just knew, this is the, wow, I just have to keep playing with these people, this is just so amazing, um, and uh, we commissioned artwork from this uh, on my on my blog, I'm going to post the picture, uh, this is a cute scene, uh, and I remember after, after this session I was sitting at home just, you know I would daydream about these sessions, cause just, you know, like floating on clouds and I was sitting at home at my computer and reading the character sheet in the google document that, that the game master had shared with me because he had these, uh, he had them on Google Drive, and he shared them. He had like um, he shared mine with only me, obviously, because we only get to see our own. So I have, I had the link to a document that only me and he could see. And I kept reading my character sheet over and over again, <laughs> just, just, just playing everything over in my head again. And the next day, I get an email to my, uh, my Katerina mail, you know, the one that's me and not my dead name, and it says. Uh, the game master. Well, it says his name, but like, I'm not gonna. I haven't asked to use his name, so it says that he has approved my suggestion to add a space somewhere in the document, which means that when, as I was the day before, when I had read the character sheet, I had accidentally hit the space bar, and thus he would have received an email saying, Katarina has suggested the following changes in the document," and. I froze. I I was terrified. Now I know I there was no reason to be afraid, but I was. I was terrified. Uh, hiding for so long, you know, it's it's it does something to you. You know, um, my my blood froze, and and that it's not lost on me. What happened there was pretty much exactly the same thing that happened when when Eskit tripped over Alfhild and pulled the bonnet off and showed the ears. The Game Master had just su- seen my ears, so to speak. And... I don't know. I've, I felt so weird. Like the game was taking over my life. And g- I was terrified at this time, but... it just got so spectacular how the game just was leaking into reality. And uh, the following session, when we all meet, and we all hug when we meet, uh when he hugged me, he just leaned in and whispered I see you. He just simply said those words, I see you. And then never mentioned anything. He didn't give any hints, you know, no elbows. Wasn't pushing me to come out. But he knew who I was. And he wanted me to know that he sees me, not not the false thing that I've pretended to be. And that was big. That was enormous. Uh, I didn't I didn't say anything in that session. Uh, we were there to play a game and I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted to be about the game because I love the game. I don't want to miss a second of the game. But, um, I decided right there and then that by the next session, they must all know who I am, and I did. I came out to them uh, right after like in in the messenger group. Uh, right after the game, and it went just as well for me as it did for Alfeld. They all accepted me without question, and I'm still friends with them. I made friends for life, and they are just the most amazing people. And, like, the game, I just can't describe how incredible it was to just end up in a random group. Behanded a random character assigned to me. I didn't create her or choose the name and it happened just so happened that she was in the same state of life as me and The great things that happened to my character leaked onto my life and changed the trajectory of my life for the better (laughs) it's just it's just magical is what it is and It didn't stop there. It really didn't stop there because about a year later um I was uh, with um, the, the, uh, a friend, the friend who, who helped me come up with the name Katarina in the first place. She was dabbling at that time in genealogy and wanted asked if she could play around with my family tree. And I said, sure, why not? No problem. Do it. And then she is like, all right, so these are your parents, these are your grandparents. And then she just rabbled up some names. And she just haphazardly mentioned that my grandmother's middle name was Hild. this is not a common name but my grandmother's middle name was the name of the character I was assigned in Vestmike. the character that reached through the game and merged with me in ways beyond anything I could ever have imagined and this just blew my mind can you imagine like how astronomically unlikely all of this is and that's just that so yeah okay so coming back to how i got into this story names we have middle names in sweden and i have recently uh, filed for my name change and my spoken name is going to be katarina and my middle name is going to be alfhild because that name now doesn't only mean it means a lot to me, and it turns out it's in my family history. It just can't get any more perfect. But did you think that was it? Did you think that was the only weird and incredible thing about the story? You thought wrong, because um, the player of Venya was the first person I told about about when I changed my name uh, to officially take the name of Alvilda as a middle name. Uh, she thought it was amazing. <laughs> she thought it was great, and she... Um, Uh, She said you have to tell the game master She used his name obviously, but I'm not going to but you have to tell him because I mean he assigned the character to you And he's leading this whole thing. So it's gonna be big to him as well And yes, sure, of course. I'll tell him and it's gonna be so amazing to hear what he thinks (laughs) and I did I told him and His reaction I had like I could not have anticipated this Because he wasn't shocked He wasn't even amazed He just said, it was just more like, oh, again, huh. You know, this isn't the first time someone's officially taking the name of one of those characters in this very campaign in another group. Like, seriously? This has happened to you before? What? (laughs) That's just, that's just insane. (laughs) Like, what witchcraft are you dealing with here? (laughs) Is there a coven of game masters who, who just, you know... C- create role-playing campaigns that, that bend reality which I'm all for that by the way that would be just incredible But so, so yeah this, this was a long episode but it needed to be this is a story that needs to be out there I just love it, it's, it means so much to me but I think it speaks to the type of role-playing I want to do and the types of incredible effects that role-playing can have and the friends you make uh, through it um, it's just so great and I wrote, I've written sonnets uh, from Alifel's point of view, but they're in Swedish. I translated one because I did want to. I did want to end this episode with a sonnet from from Westmark. Uh, and Westmark is free, by the way. Uh, it's uh, they they're no longer producing it, but you can get the PDF. But it's in Swedish, so if you want to try it out, you can just Google it. I think it's Davids uh, or something. Just Google Westmark three, and you'll find the PDF. If you want to try playing Westmark in Swedish. But all right, so. Uh, I'm gonna finish this with a sonnet now and I just want to say thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed it I'd love your feedback um, and more questions please I'd love answering questions because I mean the question I got led to me wanting to tell the story now in this way uh, and me sharing my name story with you but yes time for the sonnet Like autumn leaf in winds of dread Blood in the west, in east despair Through evil's fort, realm of the dead The only warmth be sister's care For ne'er could someone such as I Of kind, designed to hate it be With features shunned by God on high Of love and mercy Worthy be. But dare I reach for bead of hope. A stranger lost in foreign lands. Where those outside of human scope. Still be in reach of loving hands. How could I ever curse it be. When you've never stopped loving me. Okay. I'm not crying. You're crying. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, uh, I was gonna have a limit of 20 minutes per episode. Sorry. But I think it was worth it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.